Howdy there. Welcome into another edition of the Eighth Wonder Podcast. I am your host, Josh Reese. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Joshua. You can find all of my work at hamiltonway.blogspot, although that might be changing pretty soon. So stay tuned to my Twitter. I might be updating it with a new site or a new affiliation. Association? Affiliation? Association? One of the two, very soon. Uh, so always make sure to follow me on there. I've got a bunch of stuff up on the blog right now. Um, got a bunch of different podcasts up here. Got an interview from uh, AJ Hinge. Got an interview with uh, um, Jeff Luno. I don't want you to make, sound like I am fancy, although I am kind of fancy. I have interviewed them in the past. But those weren't exclusive interviews from myself. Those were like media scrums and stuff like that. Um, but you know, maybe this season will bring you some uh, more exclusive content um but anyways i appreciate you guys for giving this a listen if you know someone out there that's a houston astros fan i would appreciate you sharing this podcast with them i would hope that they would uh they'd find this uh, very enjoyable i'd like to think there are very few podcasts that are just dedicated to the houston astros and i am the one man that is blazing that trail josh reese a lonely trail as it may be but an exciting one because the Astros are going to be a very, very good team this season. Better than the Houston Texans. Maybe not better than the Houston Rockets, but damn close. So, with all that said, uh, today's podcast is going to be about the relief pitchers, closers, and all those types of guys. Um, so if you're watching on YouTube, I also broadcast this on YouTube, uh, make sure to look uh, or make sure to click the link on the YouTube page so you can uh, listen to the rest of the podcast. But we are going to start off this by getting to the news as we do every time we talk here on the 8th Wonder Podcast with news. And um, it's it's not really 100% news, but I saw this photo and it just made me kind of harken back to that one time when Jonathan Singleton was a thing. And... Um, I don't want to say it's been like a fall from grace, but it kind of has. He was once touted as, you know, the second coming of who, of, uh, no, the second coming of Ryan Anderson. That's right. Ryan Anderson. I'm getting basketball and baseball mixed up. Ryan Howard. And, um, he did not live up to those expectations. He got paid and now he is found himself outside of the Astros 40 man roster. And he's a non roster invitee into spring training. He will probably end up getting optioned back to the minors fairly quickly. But I saw this picture on the Houston Chronicle and it I don't want to say he looks he looks different, but he does not look as cut as he once was. Um, so if you're interested in seeing what he looks like, uh, either go through Karen Warren's Twitter feed. Uh, she takes pictures for the Chronicle or go back, um, go to the Houston Chronicles uh, Astros site and look at the uh, look at the photo they posted on there. And, um, it'll kind of open your eyes and um, just get you get you questioning like, damn, this guy was once considered to be, you know, the, the next thing for the Houston Astros at first base, although they haven't really had anybody locked down the position for a long time. Uh, but anyways, uh, I digress. Uh, also saw in there that Preston Tucker has been cleared for baseball activities. 
Uh, of course, last year he was shut down with a shoulder, shoulder after shoulder surgery, and uh, just about now he is getting back into the swing of things. Uh, I saw that was from the Chronicle. I think that was, um, I believe that was from who wrote that story. We've got to give him cred. Um, it was Jake Kaplan. That's right. Uh, Jake Kaplan uh, kind of had that story on there. Uh, he also had another story about uh, Colin McHugh winning his arbitration case. Uh, so kudos for Colin McHugh getting paid what he what he deserves. He asked for $3.85 million. Uh, Astros countered with $3.35 million, And he won his money. He's going to be making damn near $4 million for the season. And uh, he deserves it. He's one of the more uh, consistent Astros pitchers that they have, and he's um, probably going to be their third starter uh, for the for the remainder of the, for the remainder of the season for this upcoming season. So, uh, it was pretty much all I saw in news. Not really much on the like um, on the uh, hot stove wire, as you would say, or the rumor mill. But that was pretty much it. Was uh, just those those few things. Uh, also, a few things from camp. Um, AJ Hinch had this quote uh, yesterday about George Springer. He's going to be a better base runner. He's going to be a better base dealer. He's going to learn an old position, but a new position. Uh, Hinch, of course, mentioned that uh, he Springer is probably going to be more than likely going to be in the leadoff position for this upcoming season. He's going to be playing center field, and it looks like he's uh, ex- expecting him to uh, be more of a base base dealer this year, which would be which would be great because that was the one thing that uh, has not translated yet um, since George Springer has come up from the minors has been his base running ability. But when he was down there, I mean, he was he stole a lot of bases, but he has not really translated that to the majors. So hopefully this season uh, we'll get to see a little bit more of that from George Springer. That would be great. Uh, Carlos Beltran spoke to the media today, and uh, he had this quote that kind of made me um, kind of made me feel a little bit of uh, a little bit of warmthness in my heart just about how he feels about the younger guys. And uh, this was his quote, uh, that'll keep me young, that will keep me working hard every single day, but at the end of the day, it's about sharing that experience that I've lived in the game of baseball with the guys and hopefully try to impact them in a positive way. And that was, it wasn't the sole reason why Carlos Beltran was brought in, but it was a big reason why Carlos was brought in, was just that he's... He's a very good player. He's been through all these things. He can help bring those younger players along. And uh, from the stories and stuff that and the stuff that I'm seeing from spring training, it looks like George Springer wants to be taken underneath uh, Carlos Beltran's wing. So, good news. That would be great for George Springer to uh, learn from um, not the goat, but like the the Billy Goat of the of uh, of center field. Because he was great for a long, 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 long time. And he still is amazing. Almost had 30 home runs last year. Crazy. And I feel like he's 50 years old. So uh, he's yet to uh, he's yet to start the decline. And uh, every season he seems to find that fountain of youth. And I don't expect that to be changing anytime soon. Uh, the other thing that's coming out of spring training is that Carlos Beltran, Carlos Beltran, Carlos Correa is uh, going to be shut down for the next couple days because he had wisdom tooth removed. Um, but the Astros don't expect that to be something that's going to keep him out for very long. 
Um, so that's pretty much it. All the news that has uh, gone on throughout spring training, uh, we'll update you um, on Monday about the stuff that went on through the weekend. So I appreciate you guys for looking for watching on YouTube. And uh, if you want to look at the rest of the podcast, feel free to click the link and listen in live. Um, so with that said, we should get on to our main podcast topic today, and that is talking about the bullpen. Last year, it was, I don't want to say it was like a hot potato bullpen, but it kind of was. And it and, and it wasn't necessarily because A.J. Hinch, you know, it, it wasn't like, you know, the Rockets with J.B. Bickerstaff, like, yeah, oh, Jesus, his rotations were so maddening and hard to figure out. This was more... It was a hot potato because no one could hold down the position for very long. Uh, the Astros started off the season with Luke Gregerson. Luke Gregerson uh, ended up struggling, so uh, Ken Giles tried tried to close down a couple games. He struggled, and then Will Harris came in. He did good for a little while, then he struggled, and then the Astros went to Ken Giles, and he kind of locked it down towards the end of the year, but he still struggled. I mean, no one really had... Um, a dominant, you know, a dominant three, four months of closing. Everyone had their two, three weeks of domination, and then they would uh, get spit back out by the by the league. And it was it was kind of frustrating to see. The Astros were the only team in the major leagues last year to have three different pitchers notch ten or more saves. And when that happens, it tells you two things. It tells you one. Uh, the Astros don't have a closer, and it tells you, too, that they were not very good because if you can't lock down the ninth inning, you're not going to win a lot of games. And while they did, I mean, it was part of the reason the Astros did not make the playoffs was just because they could not, they had problems closing out games. And it wasn't their biggest problem. They they had a ton of problems, but one of the problems from last year was they just couldn't close out games consistently. And, uh, and it hurt them. Their best, their best pitcher start to finish was Chris Davinsky. And unfortunately, he did not play a very prime role in the bullpen. He came in and he'd give them three, four innings and, and extra innings. He'd give them three, four innings when they were behind. But it was few and far between when when Devo, Chris Davinsky, would uh, get high leverage uh, situations. But when he did, he uh, he ended up doing pretty well. The only time Chris Davinsky did bad was when he was a, a starter. And it wasn't like he did bad. He had really one bad outing against the Boston Red Sox. But aside from that, he was solid all year long. He was the Astros' most consistent um, most consistent relief pitcher and probably their most consistent pitcher uh, of all last year. Uh, the, entire, the entire bullpen and starters... Uh, he was probably their most consistent starter. I I was hearkening, hearkening. I've been using that word too much on this podcast. I was hoping the Astros would trust him with more of a high leverage role towards the end of the season when they st- needed to win some of these games, but um, they did not. They kind of liked him in the role that he was in. Um, so we'll see what he can do this year. But also Michael Feliz was also another valued asset for the Astros. He had a really dominant stretch in the summer where he was damn near unhittable, but then he kind of fell off towards the end of the season, and I'm sure the Astros are hoping that he can get back to some of that domination. Um, 
another guy who had a had a I don't want to say he had a cup of coffee in the bullpen because he pitched a, a quite a few innings uh, from the bullpen and did a very good job once he got back down to um, to the bullpen. Got back down. I need to rephrase that. Once he got to the bullpen, he did a very good job, and that was Scott Feldman. Scott Feldman kind of started off the season as a starter, kind of rockily, um, but when he got to uh, to the bullpen, he did fairly well, and the Astros ended up getting uh, someone that's, I believe, in their top 30 prospects form uh, when they traded him off to the Blue Jays. Um, so it was a good, good deal for the Astros to move him on because uh, – uh, not only would he have been owed another ten million dollars this season, but you know who knows ha- would he have been able to keep that up for the Astros because he wasn't able to keep it up for the Blue Jays. That's for sure. He ended up falling off um, when he got up to Toronto. Um, but some other guys, let's see, some other guys that um, pitched out of the bullpen for the Astros. Uh, I don't want to list them all because there's a bunch. I mean, including Tyler White and Eric Krantz, if anybody remembers him. Um, but the guys that helped the Astros primarily last year, Ken Giles, Will Harris, Luke Regerson, Pat Neshack, Tony Sipp, Chris Davinsky, Michael Feliz, Scott Feldman, and James Hoyt. And we'll give Josh Fields uh, a little toss too. Um, now the Astros bullpen this season hopefully will be a little bit shorter than that. And filled with some uh, some better names. The one spot that that's not the one guy that's not here. Well, there's a couple guys, but in prime role because um, while Josh Fields is gone and Scott Feldman are gone, they weren't really in prime bullpen roles last year. But Pat Neshack was in a prime bullpen role, and he's not here anymore. So that's the one. That's the one slot for the Astros. Uh, going into this season that's kind of up for grabs is that is that kind of seventh sixth seventh um, inning bullpen guy and I, I'm I'm not really sure who the Astros are going to fill with it because they they're kind of tinkering with the idea of, of uh, Chris Davinsky starting which would be great if he can do that I'd be I'd be fine with that um but I mean who else who else can fill that role maybe Michael Feliz can fill that role kind of take a step up from what he was doing last year which was kind of like a a poor man's Chris Davinsky. Uh, the Astros also kind of floated um, the name uh, Francis Martez. Um, AJ Hinge kind of uh, talked about him. I, I did a story about him on Hamilton Way about how, you know, AJ Hinch is kind of excited and seeing what he can do because uh, um, in years past, the Astros have used someone from the minor leagues and brought him up and they've done successfully. Um, he could be that next guy, and uh, maybe maybe there is a spot for um, Martez. While there is not very many spots, you know, one through nine on the position side, there are you know a couple spots to be won in the bullpen, and uh, depending on how things shake out in the uh, in the for the starters, I mean, you could see um, you could see uh, Joe Musgrove get a starting job. You could see. Uh, Davinsky get a starting job, and then you have Mike Fires and and um, uh, Charlie Morton, you know, being long relief and middle relief guys, which is fine. I mean, uh, I, I I'm higher on the younger guys than I am on um, Fires or Charlie Morton. Um, but the other, there's another spot on the Astros bullpen. I know I'm kind of throwing a bunch of stuff out there, and kind of feels like a 
<coughs> excuse me, like a little clunky podcast. I, I apologize for that. Um, but another position that the Astros did not upgrade this year um, was Tony Sip. And Tony Sip did not do a very good job um, this past season. Had a 4.95 ERA, and he could not get lefties out. That's pretty much his only job is to get left-handers out, and um, he couldn't do that. Um, the Astros kind of during the off season or during winter, the winter meetings, kind of um, you would hear stories about the Astros are looking in on certain different left-handed relievers, but nothing really came from it. Uh, the only other guy the Astros have um, on the forty-man roster, I believe he's still on the forty-man roster. Is uh, Kevin Chapman, who's also a left-hander. He's a he's a Triple A guy. He's done good in Triple A, but he hasn't done good in the majors. And um, the Astros are, might have to weigh between him and a Sip, who can do a better job. But I believe the Astros owe him some guaranteed money this year, so it'll be kind of hard to move away from him. Um, I'm sure the Astros are, will probably be scouring the waiver wire if anybody gets uh, waived or. Um, you know, taken off a 40 man roster, the Astros will be looking at different left handed relievers because I believe that is probably a position. If Tony Sip gives you, uh, looks like he's going to give you the same amount of production that he gave you last year, that's a position that the Astros can improve on that they haven't improved on yet. Um, so for this upcoming season. The Astros kind of shut down all that who's going to be the closer kind of nonsense. Last year was really, really bad because Luke Regerson was going to be the closer. Ken Giles was going to be the closer in spring training, and they kind of kind of battled it all out. Luke Regerson ended up winning the job, and maybe that hurt Ken Giles' um, uh, mind frame going into the season, which why which might be why he struggled. Who knows? Um, but that could be an explanation for it. But this year the Astros kind of – it went ahead and kind of named him um, the closer. Um, AJ Hinch a couple days ago kind of said that he more often than not is going to be um, closing games in the ninth. Um, maybe this will help Giles have a better mindset going into the start of the season, kind of help him uh, have that mindset that he took in with the final month of the season last year, which was pretty pretty much the only time he did well last year was that final little run. Um, so for this upcoming season, I would imagine it's probably going to be Ken Giles, Luke Regerson, and Will Harris giving that uh, 9, 8, and 7. And then you got shades of Davinsky or Feliz coming in um, in the 6th or you know in the tight game or something like that. If, if Davinsky does not win a uh, starting job. If he does win a starting job, then who knows? Maybe it could be... Uh, uh, fires or it could be Morton not really sure how that will work out and I'm not really sure the Astros are um, are positive how it's going to work out yet um, I don't really see very many other young guys aside from Martez um, getting a look but there are some other bullpen roles that could be filled um, so it'll be interesting to see how it kind of shakes out during spring training um, it's pretty much all I got about the relievers. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say. Uh, if anybody else has any thoughts on uh, the relief pitching, feel free to send me a tweet. Um, I enjoy talking about uh, Astros baseball. 
and uh, baseball in general. So if you got any thoughts, uh, feel free to tweet them at me. Uh, and if I don't answer you on um, on Twitter, I'll make sure to answer you during uh, during the podcast uh, on uh, Monday or Tuesday when I get down to it. Um, so we're going to end this podcast as we always do with the stat of the day, which is brought to you by no one other than the number 44. And the number 44 stands for the amount of saves that the Houston Astros had last year. And it was pretty much split up between the three guys. Ken Giles had 15, Luke Regerson had 15, and Will Harris had 12. And uh, Chris Davinsky also uh, threw in a save there. Um, this year, I, if the I'm sure the, if it was the Astros druthers, they would probably have Ken Giles locking down about 40 games this year. Hopefully it happens like that because if so, the Astros are going to be a lot better team. Um, so that's pretty much all I have to say on this podcast today. So I appreciate you guys for giving this a listen. You can find this podcast on iTunes. Just typing in the eighth wonder podcast on iTunes and you'll see, um, you'll oddly enough, you'll see the red orange report logo on there. I cannot get rid of that for the life of me. Um, it's kind of annoying and frustrating, but I digress. I appreciate you guys for giving this a listen. Um, and I will catch you guys on Monday or Tuesday.